Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. This is show number 59, and this interview is with Valerie Rivas, who is the founder of Linked Up Marketing Consultancy, based out in Belmont Shore, California, and dedicated to an industry that I know only too well, hair and beauty. Valerie is also the mastermind behind the Shout Lounge, a social media and business tool specialized for professional salons. In fact, Valerie has a strong international background in the beauty business, having worked in the salon business software side. Since it's an area of predilection for me, I wanted to invite Valerie on the show to discuss the opportunities and challenges for small businesses, such as hairdressing salons and spas, to use digital and social media to drive their business. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minterdial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. Today I'm online with, straight in, beamed in from California, someone who I saw recently at South by Southwest in lovely Austin, Texas. And so, Valerie, tell us who you are and what you're up to. Uh, thanks, Minta. Um, my name is Valerie Revis, and I have been running a agency, a digital marketing agency for the hair and beauty business um, since 2009 called Link Up Marketing. And um, recently, we have started a new website that allows salons and spas and individual hair professionals to log in and access content to help manage their Facebook, Twitter, whatever social networks they're currently using for, for marketing and promotions. Um, and we had a little coffee rendezvous with Minta, and we decided it would be fun to, to chat about it. Exactly. So uh, how did you get into this business, Valerie? Tell us the, the path that led you into uh, Linked Up Marketing. Um, well, I used to be um, the global marketing manager for a large point-of-sale software company for uh, salons and spas, um, and I was there for quite a few years, and I was fortunate enough to work with a lot of different manufacturers, um, mostly in the U.S. and Canada, um, where I got to travel around and work with some of the salons in the field, and around that time, Facebook was really starting to kind of make a splash in terms of oh my gosh, what do I do with social media? Um, so as soon as, you know, they figured out that I had a marketing background, um, you know, the floodgate of questions opened um, from salons on what do I do with this? So that's where Link Up Marketing came from. We started mostly with social media strategy, but we also now do website design, search engine optimization, uh, content. So we, we blog for clients, that sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, the Shout Lounge came a little bit later trying to help salons figure out um, how what their digital voice is with social media. All right. So it seems, I mean, you know, I, of course, I got my big old background in, in uh, beauty as well with L'Oreal. And I'm techno-file uh, and geek. And so it seemed to me like a shoe-in, the notion of social media and hairdressing salons. And yet it seemed like it took a little bit more time for it to, to, to take hold within the industry. Do, did you, is that your experience? And, and then more importantly now, how do you see things evolving? You know, I find myself in the same situation of wondering how the 
world's best conversationalists um, have really struggled to find their footing in social media because, I mean, we all know that the hairdressers sometimes consider the best therapists, so they, they can talk all day to their clients, um, and yet they haven't found their voice when it comes to social media. And I think a lot of it comes down to the big culture shift in marketing, this whole concept of transparent marketing, um, you know, not having a rehearsed voice when you're promoting yourself to uh, your clients and your prospective clients, um, and also the frequency, keeping up with these, this dialogue in a digital arena, I think it's been really hard for hairdressers and salon owners to get their head around um, because it is a culture shift. Um, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of salons at least coming around to the idea that it's it's something that they need to consider, whether they believe Facebook will be around for the rest of, you know, eternity, or if they think it's going to move on to something else, they at least are now involved in some way, shape, or form in social media, and they're starting to realize it is about content. It is about what you're saying and how you're touching your, your different clients in the different areas. And so before I, I ask the next question, it's, it's, I want to make it relevant uh, specifically to the hairdresser world. But not knowing that most of the people who are listening are not in this, the beauty business or the hairdresser business, what are th the three prime tips or I would say strategic impulses you will give to hairdressers who are looking to get into social media? Uh, three tips for specific hairdressers. Um, one, be serious about it. Um, a lot of my um, clients that call up, you know, they'll just say, Val, I need a Facebook page. And, you know, my first question is, um, why? You know, if, if you don't know the whys of why you're jumping into to the deep end with social media, um, step back and get a plan first. Um, there's no reason to get into social media if you aren't going to commit to it. So you have to be committed to making it work because, there's nothing worse than a, you know, kind of a halfway. Yeah, dropped conversation. <laughs> it's like a dropped yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stopping in the middle of a sentence. Um, so that's that's the first thing I always say. Um, the second thing is know where to invest your time. Um, some salons should not be on Facebook. Some salons should not be on Twitter. Um, some salons are more suited for hair, uh, Pinterest, and I think this probably goes for any business out there, um, you need to know where your time is best invested. And, you know, that kind of comes back to where your client's hanging out um, and what kind of audience are you reaching out to. So know where you need to be first. Um, that's all kind of comes back to the plan as well. Um, and third, I always advise um, any business really to have kind of a social media support structure. Um, Social media, especially when it comes to a business, needs to be about a full conversation. Um, it needs to involve other areas of your business, other people in your business. So have people that even if they don't post on the page or they aren't responsible for coming up with content, get all the ideas out there because the more people involved in the business, the more likely you're going to get them to support the social media strategy and tell their clients to go on and, and follow. Um, and you also get um, a more diverse conversation happening. Mm. All right. So for me, it's when you want, when, you know, I'm like you, I, I talked to a lot of companies and you're, you're right. We have to figure out why we're trying to get there. And you know, say, so well, be where your clients are. It's sort of hard to imagine, especially if I'm in the beauty business that my clients aren't on Facebook. Pinterest, I get uh, because of the the images, especially if you so if you're you know a great photographer where you see you have a lot of great shots you're doing 
providing the hopefully customer-centric and, and wearable for customers, I can get that. What about Twitter? Twitter is an interesting one. I have some clients that do really well with Twitter. Um, a lot of my male um, hairdressing clients really do well with Twitter. Um, also, some of my clients that are near um, campuses, um, they really use Twitter to, to the best advantage, um, you know, purely because... Uh, there is a higher uptake of Twitter um, in the younger generation. Um, I think that's slowly getting older as, you know, the younger generation that started with Twitter has gotten a little bit older, um, you know, but it's a, it's about um, power networking, really. You can't just toss out promotional text on Twitter and think it's going to be successful. You know, it's about networking and joining in other conversations and, and, you know, kind of, really building a network. So it takes a bit more time and attention um, than, say, planning out a content strategy for Facebook. So it's, it's just a different type of social networking, but I have seen some salons that are using it um, successfully. Mm, yes, it's more of a conversational tool. Well, at least it should be positioned as a networking conversational tool as opposed to just blasting out your two pieces of content every day on exactly. Facebook. Um, all right. So in your experience working with clients, I know you've got clients around the world, especially in hairdressing. What are some of the posts that have been so successful, you know, ones that surprised you on the upside and ones that surprised you went, you know, boof, nothing happened? You know, um, a lot of my clients have been trying um, out campaigns um, where they add apps into uh, onto their Facebook page and, um, you know, promote them. And, and some of them have worked really, really well, and the same exact campaign has not worked um, in another area. And, um, you know, despite them being identical almost in terms of what they were offering, um, one campaign did well, one didn't. And, you know, the only thing I can really kind of boil that down to is um, the integration of their full marketing plan. Um, you know, nothing works in isolation in marketing anymore. So um, the salons that did really well with those campaigns, you know, were sending out emails, were also cross-promoting on their, their social networks, were getting their stylists to, to promote it. So they were really kind of engaged. Um, and then the salons that didn't do so well with that, um, you know, kind of tended to rely only on the Facebook network. So that one kind of baffled me for a while until I really dug into the stats and kind of really tried to understand what was going on. Um, you know, and then I... I really love some of the, the Facebook pages out there um, that salons are running that tend to not just speak about what they offer. Because, um, again, people will tune out on social media if you're just selling to them. And I think, um, you know, like Suki Hairdressing in Sydney um, do a really good job of really blending in fashion um, and also beauty into what they offer. Cause they're a hairdressing salon. They, um, you know, their primary services, you know, cut color, um, you know, beautiful styling, but it's also about the overall look and they do a really great job always staying on top of the cusp of fashion. So, um, you know, that, that one's a great one to check out. And, you know, some of the chains out there are doing a good job of also pulling in, um, their actual lifestyle type, type content. People are interested in who they are because if you think about the hairdressing business, 
the clients come in and they spend time with the people there. Their relationship is with the actual stylist they have to sit in front of staring at in a mirror. Mm. So, you know, like Dry Bar is a growing chain here in Southern California, and they do an excellent job of always taking pictures of some of their locations, taking pictures of girls, you know, with their their shoes off with a glass of wine and their hair uh, blown out. And those are some great posts that, you know, I can see as a social media strategist are gold because people engage with the people, um, the other people and the experience in the salon. Mm. All right. So there are two areas and especially pertinent in the United States, but actually is true in, in Russia. One of them, uh, sorry, in Hungary is the booth rental market. So how the booth rental market for anyone listening is, is, uh, basically a hairdressing salon where there's an owner and a bunch of, uh, independent, um, contractors that come in and rent a chair, and then uh, keep all the keep keep all their savings, pay a slide, a sl- you know, a slice to the owner, and then then leave. So, if if you have to manage a social media in that kind of environment, what's your recommendation? Um, really have a plan with your stylist, have an agreement. Um, the worst thing that can happen is. Um, is that there's a little bit of dissonance between what some of the stylists are doing and what some other stylists are doing and what the owner's trying to do. So kind of come up with an agreement, um, even have a policy that happens. Um, and that really comes down to how much of the salon brand is involved and how much of the individual brand. We're starting to see a lot of um, what's called suites here, where it literally is somebody rents a room and um, it's the actual hairdresser brand in there. So that's even an even more extreme case of a booth runner environment. But just have a plan and an agreement on how social media is involved. Some salons will do well if it's a collaborative um, approach and that it is an actual salon um, Facebook page everyone supports. Um, and then, you know, others will really want to have individual hairdressers that connect with their clients on their own. So it kind of, it comes down to the individual environment, but like anything, it comes down to having that plan and agreement up front. Mm -hmm. Like it. And, um, so the other area I was thinking about was chains in, in France, for example, some 30% of the salons are affiliated with large chains, which, um, has had an impact of industrializing the feel and, and probably not been necessarily overly positive for the hairdresser industry as a whole. In the States, of course, it's there are uh, a few big players like Regis and Haircuttery and so on. But I, I'm thinking that there's a, an awful lot of opportunity for people managing multiple salons. What kind of service are you providing for them? And uh, what are the challenges that you face in implementing? Um. You know, that's, that's an interesting one because there's one that's kind of heating up um, right now, especially because some of the changes in Facebook, um, especially, um, are, are moving towards the local. Um, and chains are kind of in that place where they're wondering, do I continue having a corporate Facebook page, which is, you know, easy to manage one page for a thousand locations. Um, but if you want to take advantage of things like check-ins and local promotions, you then have to consider having a thousand Facebook pages. So how are you supposed to manage all those pages without having a robust team in house or allowing each local salon to manage their own page? So both of them are quite scary in terms of, you know, where you place your social media assets. But, um, you know, there's so many tools available now and the shout lounge, um, is actually built 
definitely manage um, a chain social media strategy because essentially you can actually approve um, corporate content that can then just be available to the local salons. Each local salon manages their own Facebook page and has access to corporate approved and branded content that they can then publish out on their pages. Um, there's so many different ways to actually set up that um, campaign, including, you know, with training and different oversight and reporting. Um, that it just takes a little time to kind of set up, just like any sort of marketing automation tool. It's just, it requires a little strategy, a little planning, maybe a pilot test, and then, you know, being able to roll out. But it's it's another culture shift in corporate social media strategy. Hmm. Do I retain it all up in-house or do I push it out and allow and train my local um, environments to actually do it themselves? All right. So let's talk about Shout Lounge a little bit because obviously there are lots of these types of tools out there. Talk to us about what it offers and what its differences are relative to uh, the what's out there. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in essence, it's very similar to any of the other tools out there. Um, it's a social media management platform, which is essentially just a website where you plug in all your social networks that you use. Um, it's got workflow in there, so you can involve uh, multiple people in your team and have approval processes. There's a calendar in there where you can schedule things into the future. Um, there's a reports area where you can see what's working, what's not, what are the best times to publish, that sort of thing. Um, we have intelligent cues as well where you can actually add a whole um, series of posts into a queue and it just knows what the best times to publish on each page is and it does it automatically for you. So at the heart, it's a social media platform, but we've actually taken it a step further to make it very specific to um, the industry that we serve, the hair and beauty industry. And we've got a content area in there that's custom built where we allow beauty bloggers, hair care manufacturers to log in and add all of the content um, that supports um, their, their brands. And that's an area in the system where the salons and hair professionals can go in there, filter and find content that's relevant to them, and then add it into their smart queues or um, schedule it onto their Facebook pages, which we all know finding the right content and knowing what to say is half the battle typically. So a lot of my clients are finding that to be really kind of a godsend in terms of their social media planning and the investment they need to make time-wise. All right. Talking investment, Valerie. So <laughs> how much does it cost and how do you prove the value or, you know, should we talk that horrible ghost in the closet, the return on investment? Uh, yeah, that one's uh, always the question that kind of comes around to in terms of social media. Um, yeah, essentially, it's it's about it's nineteen dollars US um, to get started. That's our basic plan. We call it the Whisper Plan, um, and it goes all the way up to ninety nine dollars a month um, for for larger, more robust campaigns that involve multiple people and approval processes. Um, you know, we priced it aggressively because essentially we really want um, as many people using the system as possible and having access to this content. Um, you know, and it doesn't take much to prove um, that return on investment. Essentially, in the hairdressing business especially, time is definitely money because that's what people, um, you know, they invest that time with their clients to make that back. So, I mean, $19 a month is easily, um, you know, proven uh, with a return on investment, if you are considering how much time 
you reduce not having to troll different websites and actually look at, um, you know, different content. And we also kind of help make decisions for them by suggesting different promotions, by having um, different pieces of content in there. So they're also seeing the quality of their posts increase um, and also um, the quality of the actual imagery increase. So that helps get them new fans, followers. It helps them, um, you know, get more engagement ultimately. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty quick that they actually feel like they're getting um, their money's worth out of the challenge purely even just by the time they save. All right. So uh, the other thing we were speaking about before we uh, started recording was that the Shout Lounge provides a hundred different social networks or up somewhere in that range. That's an enormous number. So the question I have for you, because I mean, I'm so curious. I, I, I seem like I, I feel like I follow and I'm on probably a whole lot of them. But w- tell us if there's one that sits out that's, that's different than we're used to hearing that you'd like to make people discover. Um, you know, we... We have a lot of um, even bookmarking tools in there, um, and I've found a lot of my clients are actually really enjoying using some of those tools, like Instapaper. Um, and you know, a lot of my clients they're not even really aware of the bookmarking um, functionality. But um, the more they get into social media and discovering content, and you know, using it from an inspiration as- uh, aspect as well, because I mean, even even just on the consumption level as a consumer, um, we're starting to research and, and discover things online more so than, you know, walking down main street. So, um, a lot of my clients are now starting to get into the bookmarking aspects, which, um, you know, I think is, is quite interesting because if you would ask me five years ago, none of my clients would have known what that was. Um, the other thing in the shout lounge, um, that a lot of them are using is, um, we have the ability to track and monitor, um, Yelp reviews, which Yelp is really big in the States. And I know that they're trying to go overseas in Europe. Um, but it's just a review site, a a consumer review site, um, similar to Google plus, um, local. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can also, um, monitor other various, um, review engines. So a lot of them are using that as the ability to be notified as soon as there's a new review, um, and also be able to publish those on their pages. So it's got a lot of different, um, variety in terms of what you can connect and monitor, um, which adds a lot of value because you only have one website really to log in to monitor all this stuff. Mm. All right. Well, Valerie, so anyone listening on this uh, this podcast who's in the beauty business who wants to get uh, in touch with you and, and sign up for the Shout Lounge, be sure to mention them that, that you heard on the podcast. I'm sure Valerie will take care of you. <laughs> and um, so how can people uh, reach you, contact you, follow you? What are the best places to track you down? Um Really, um, with the Shout Lounge, they can go to uh, com and discover kind of what it's about. They can also sign up um, there. There's a 30-day trial that they can partake in, which is a great way to kind of um, see what it's all about and see what kind of content that's available to them. Um, and then if we've got a full content marketing blog where we post um, different how-tos. We put, post a lot of examples of things that people are doing that um, you know we suggest. It's a great place to get inspiration. Um, and that's available on the website as well. Um, we also have a consulting um, company, Link Up Marketing, where you can um, actually, um, you know, read up on our blog on email marketing, website design. So if they're interested in that information, they can go to linkupmarketing.com. Um, we 
blog a couple times a week, so there's always new, fresh content on there. Excellent. Valerie. Valerie with an O. Yes. <laughs> Great catching up with you. I uh, look forward to tracking you down, keeping up with you. See you at South by uh, next year. I'm sure we will. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.